Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Bridge the Gap, Connecting Business Perspectives with your hosts, myself, Colton Cockrell, and Tricia Stetzel. Our goal is to bridge the generational, gender, and life experience gap in business through our unique styles of gathering information from our guests. This podcast is sponsored by Jim Butcher, who is a relationship banker with Allegiance Bank. Now let's get it started. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Bridge the Gap, where we're connecting business perspectives. My name is Colton Cockrell, and I'm a certified financial fiduciary and independent financial advisor, and it is the beginning of season three, and what a great guest we have today to usher in the new season. Here's the deal, though. Trisha Stetzel, my co-host, is not here today. She, uh, she is feeling really bad. Um, and full disclosure, it's the Tuesday before it's Tuesday. So we have to have a podcast out tomorrow. So here I am lone wolf in it today, but I do have an incredible, um, guest with me. Her name is Amanda Boyd and she is the founder, the CEO operator. She's the queen basically of sanctuary foster care. And I'm glad to have her on today. So, uh, really Amanda, what I want to do real quick, I want to kind of just tell our listeners a, a little bit about you so you don't have to do all the bragging for yourself. So Amanda and I, we connected um, really probably about two years ago. Uh, you know, we've done some networking. I've attended her golf tournament, which was incredible, by the way. Uh, and yeah, we've, we've had a, a relationship for the last two years. And she has an unbelievable heart for children. I mean, it's, unbe- it's, it's crazy, the statistics and everything that she's told me about the foster care system and actually how people uh, get compensated. I, I didn't actually know that there was like certain levels that people got paid. So we're going to go into all that stuff, but I just want you to know, Amanda is, she's a solid Christian woman who really just loves God and loves children. She actually has a ton of kids of her own, both she has fostered, adopted and biological. So she is the person to talk to again, sanctuary foster care. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our our guest today, Miss Amanda Boyd. Well, thank you so much, uh, Colton. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Excited to talk to you today. Did I get everything? There was just so much I could talk about you. Yeah, no, it was a great introduction. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, for sure. So so we're going to start off with a softball here. Tell me, how many kids do you have? Are you talking about in my personal home or are you talking about in the sanctuary? In your personal home. We'll start there. Okay, great. Um, I have actually eight kids in my personal home. So um, my husband and I, we've adopted five. Um, I, my husband and I have one together, and then, uh, and then my husband had one from a previous marriage. So we always say that, um, you know, we've got uh, his, ours, and somebody else's is, uh, is how we say it. So, and we're currently in the process right now of um, adopting our, our little foster girl that we have that we've had for about a year. That's incredible. So you, not only do you have a biological child, you have a you have adopted children and you have a foster child man yes. that, holy cow you see that that's why you're on the show today so really I, th- this whole this whole show is all about just different perspectives of questions you know obviously i'm a i'm a millennial trisha she's a gen xer so i, I kind of have the advantage today since the gen xers are here to represent um but I, i'm just curious tell me from our one-to-one that we had a while back how do people get compensated for fostering children? I didn't even know that was a thing. I thought you just did it out of the kindness of your heart, but can you walk me through how that process works? 
Yeah, um, absolutely. So, um, you know, even personally myself, um, I would love to be able to do it out of the kindness of my heart. But, um, but I mean, really, there is absolutely no way that we could have adopted as many kids we have and fostered if, um, if we didn't get help doing that. And, and the crazy thing is, is a lot of people that, you know, are responsible and, and uh, you know, really care about kids and all that, they don't know that, that you actually do get compensated um, for kiddos to come in and be in your home. So really, when you're getting licensed as a foster parent, the only thing that we make sure of is that you have enough money coming in to provide for your own household prior to getting the um, per diem, uh, the reimbursement per diem on the kiddos, because the last thing we want are foster parents that are doing it to pay their own bills. But but yes, um, you do get reimbursed for um, for the care of the kiddos. And so, and, and you don't have to give me the values, but can you kind of explain the tiered system that's out there when it comes to compensation? Sure. So um, there's, there's uh, several different levels. The first one is basic level of care. And so those are kiddos that uh, basically require, you know, food and shelter and housing and, and a regular uh, family environment, but not a whole lot of extra supervision. And then you have the moderate level of kiddo. And so they require all of the things that I first talked about, but then they require more supervision as well. And then you have a specialized level of care of kiddo and they require a lot, a lot of supervision. And, uh, and then it goes up from there as well too. But, um, but those are mainly the, the kiddos that we deal with with our basic, moderate, and specialized kiddos. Okay, and, and so who is who is paying um, for these children to be placed and to be fostered? The state, okay, so um, the, the actual state pays foster parents um, to, to look after these kiddos and to make sure that they're taken care of the way they should be. And, okay, and so then uh, tell, what's the difference, and, and I, I know most people probably know this, but some might be questioning, what's the difference between adopting and fostering? Sure. So fostering is short-term care. So um, the state has taken custody of the kiddos, um, Child Protective Services has taken custody, and so they are in the system usually for about a year. It can be less than that if a relative comes forward and decides that they are interested in taking placement of the kiddos. But usually a year, sometimes it can be um, 16 months, um, 18 months, just depending on the case and how it goes. And so that's foster care. The main goal is family reunification. It's for that kiddo to go back home or to go and, and be placed with a relative. Now, adoption is a little bit different. Adoption can only happen after parental rights have been terminated. So, um, so the parents have not been doing the things that they need to do to get the kiddos back or they're not involved in the kiddos life and they have not found a suitable relative that they believe would be a good placement for the kiddos. And so then um, once parental rights are terminated, then the children become open for adoption. And I'm assuming parental right that the termination comes from a court, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. And so there's a lot of, I, I talk to attorneys and they tell me, you know, there's always, especially family law attorneys, there's a lot of negatives, right? Divorce and stuff like that. But they tell me the actual, the one part where they actually are very happy to do their job is adoption days when they get to go to court and help families uh, get connected with adoptions. I always thought that was really cool. So you obviously have a heart for fostering. I know, I know the, it's really difficult, especially with these kids who are going from house to house who've who've had many people take them in, you know, tell me why an organization such as the sanctuary, your organization, uh, what makes y'all different, what sets y'all apart uh, and really what you're doing for the community. 
Yeah. And I, you know, I'll just go into a story and, and talk about one of my own personal kiddos that I had in my home. So uh, we got him when he was seven and we were his ninth placement. Okay. He was put into care when he was four. And wow. so in three years, we were his ninth placement. He had been through several different homes. We actually got him out of a psychiatric hospital um, at the age of seven um, because of some, because of some things that had happened in his previous adopted home. And, you know, and so we had him for a year and then we adopted him. And when we were at court and the, and the judge uh, hit the gavel and said, you were adopted. He started crying, Colton. He, he really started crying because he never believed that he was going to have a forever family. So when you talk about those adoptions being, um, you know, being something super meaningful for these kiddos, they by far um, definitely are. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a huge thing. And so, um, you know, one of the things that the sanctuary does is we try to make sure that kids stay in placement. We really feel that it is unacceptable for, um, kiddos to be moving that many times like he did. Uh, in fact, you know, even my first three set of kids that we had, cause we, um, adopted a sibling group of three to begin with, and they came into care in March of that year. And we got them in August of that same year. And we were their third placement from March to August in that year. Yes, exactly. Yeah, do Five the math, months. right? Wow. Yeah, and and um, a, a three and a half year old that we got, we were his fifth placement in a year. So you can see that these kids, they just move from home to home and it's not okay. It's not fair on them because every time they go to a different home, it's a new set of rules. It's a new, it's a new school. It's new friends, uh, new everything for them. And pretty soon they learn that they don't attach to, to adults because they learn that, man, when I get attached to someone, they leave me and it hurts. And so you can imagine that after a while, just the emotional, you know, uh, the emotional trauma that it causes them. And then the mental health issues that, um, that happen because of being moved from home to home. Yeah. And, and I, I want you to, I mean, that, that's really important because, um, you know, we've talked about this a long time ago, but you walked me through how, you know, you have all these foster programs where, you know, again, it, they make money by having children and keeping them under their roof. Right. So yes. can you kind of tell me the difference between what you're doing versus other, I'm not saying all foster homes do this, but you know, some right. of those foster homes where they're actually profiting from this. Yeah, we're very careful in the beginning whenever we do our orientation um, to be very upfront and, and make sure that anybody coming to the sanctuary understands that we are in it for, um, for these kiddos. And we're always going to make decisions that have uh, these kiddos in the family's best interest at heart. And what I mean by the family is families that are taking good care of kiddos. Okay. Uh, and so normally uh, we have a two and a half hour orientation. If they're in it for the wrong reason and they're trying to profit off of the kiddos, we just never see them again because they know that, um, that we're going to be in their home. We're going to be checking on them. We're going to make sure that these children get the care that they deserve. And so, um, you know, that's the first thing. And then we have our pre-service training, which is our training where it's very extensive. It's very rigorous to make sure that our foster parents are prepared for what's coming into their home, um, what the behaviors that these kiddos might have, what, what trauma causes, and, and how to look for those things and how to get past them. And then we also have um, in-home crisis intervention. So if you do have a child in your home that is having a tantrum and, and melting down and you're just sitting there like, I, I don't know what to do, we have someone that responds to your home and actually de-escalates that child in the home and then teaches you as a parent to uh, de-escalate the kiddos for as long as you need. And then uh, also we have uh, counseling services for the parents. So because a lot of the parents, they get in it and they're like, oh my gosh, I, I didn't know that it was going to be like this. And so we have therapy services for them so that they can decompress and they can work through some of their issues, especially if they came from a history of trauma. Um, because if they come from a history of trauma themselves, all of that trauma comes back up when you place a traumatized child in their home. And so then we help them work through any past trauma 
trauma that may resurface again. Well, I think you kind of answered one of my previous questions is that, I mean, really when you're working with the foster company, I mean, it's not just, Hey, I want to foster a child, but it's all the resources and all the help you get along with them. I mean, that, that's really important. So, yes. so then that, so that's, that leads me to my next question, kind of going more into detail what you just said. So once that process happens, once a child gets placed or, you know, a foster child gets placed with the foster home, then, and it, if your organization, maybe other organizations, they're actually staying on top of it. They're actually making sure that not only the child is being taken care of, but also the parents are understanding and they, they know what they're doing and really helping them. Uh, so so there, there's really a lot of services that you provide that can help individuals who are fostering children. I mean, do, do you do respite care and things? Not respite. Uh, yeah, respite care and things yeah. like that. Absolutely, because um, you can imagine when you're you're in this process, and uh, sometimes you just need a rest or you need a break. And so we do. We have uh, families that are just licensed to provide what's called respite care, and so that is keeping kiddos short term on the weekend so that foster families can have a break. And then uh, we also have babysitters that um, we license, uh, you know, to become babysitters that can watch the kiddos up to eight hours for the foster parent, um, because. I mean, date nights, you can imagine, date nights are super important, um, you know, and all of that whenever you're in the, the fostering process to make sure that you keep your marriage on track and that you keep, um, you know, your, your original family unit okay and healthy. Man, yeah, that, that is so important. And I really wish Trisha was here because she, she is going to be so bummed that she was not able to talk to you. Uh, my goodness. So oh, I hate we'll, that. <laughs> we might have to have you back, right? Yeah. So, Trisha, um, you know, she, she's very passionate. Um, about just that she loves charity. She loves when people are doing, uh, really doing their part. And I love just listening to you talk. And whenever we just have a conversation, you are so passionate about this. You can just tell um, really by, by the way that, that you speak about it and speak about these children. So really, I guess I'm going to ask this question here. What got you in to foster care? Um, really, what, what was it that did it for you? Because I, you know, this is something that's so you're giving up your job, you're giving up all this stuff to start a charity, kind of walk me through a nonprofit, walk me through that. Yeah, well, you know, honestly, I always felt it was a calling um, early on whenever I was younger. Um, I had such a calling to adopt. I really thought perhaps I couldn't even have my own kids, you know, because it was that strong of a calling. But lo and behold, um, I didn't have issues there. And so, um, but I always knew I was going to do it. So after we had um, my biological son and, and my husband, um, you know, he had a calling for it too. Honestly, I early on, I wouldn't marry anybody. Um, I usually by the second date, I asked him, I was like, are you interested in possibly adoption someday? And, and my husband said, yes. And so we continued with the process and we got married. And then uh, I know, I know Colton is that crazy, but it's true. It's, it's that much of a passion of mine and how much it's a, a calling on my heart. And uh, so anyway, so then after we um, had our biological son, then uh, we decided to go ahead and we decided it was time to go ahead and get our first three kiddos. And I had no earthly idea how broken the system was until I got my first three kiddos in my home mm. and and like I said they had been in three different placements when my son they were five nine and eleven were the ages of the kiddos and um, my nine-year-old son is nearly blind without his glasses and he hadn't had glasses in two months Colton it was free for him to go get glasses free for oh them to goodness. take for the foster parents to take him and they didn't and then two of my other kids they did not receive birthday presents for their birthday or birthday cakes or anything so you had parents foster parents who had these kiddos and were getting money off of them every month and then not not paying it forward not not treating them the way that they should my daughter one of her foster mothers told her I'm here to put a roof over your head and I'm here to put food in your belly and that's it I'm not your mother and you know that just cut her to the core 
you can imagine. And so, you know, when I realized that those kind of foster parents existed out there that were exploiting children and taking advantage of them, the kids were coming from their biological homes where they were abused and then put in foster homes where they're being further abused. I was like, this can't happen. This isn't okay. And so, um, you know, from then I set forth to, um, to start to make it better, to figure out, okay, what is my responsibility? What is my role in this? Now that I know, now that my eyes are open, what, what can I do to change this? And so um, I started on that process and God brought a whole bunch of other people together that had as much passion uh, for foster care and making sure that these kiddos were taken care of as I did. And so we got together and uh, we opened the sanctuary um, because we saw not only what was broken in the system, but then in a lot of the child placement agents as well too they were not providing the needed support to the foster family so they kept those kids in placement and we wanted to make sure we did that I, I love that and, and let me let me ask you this so because <laughs> when you were talking about um, you know that situation which is it's not funny I don't know why I'm laughing because I'm thinking about the movie in my head but uh, about the kid I'm putting a roof of your head and food in your belly it yeah. makes me think of this Hannigan and Annie and just that whole situation so An Annie makes so much more sense to me now the orphanage yeah. and and how she and how Miss Hannigan was making all that money from having all these kids in the orphanage. That's, huh? That's a different perspective. Yeah, it actually it? is a thing. Yeah. Um, one time, uh, I'll never forget when I first got into it. Um, I went. There was a kiddo that was 16, and parental rights had been terminated, and he was being housed in what's called a group home. Okay. And so, in this group home, it was a Habitat for Humanity's home that was built for this person, and she had eight kids in this home, specialized kids in this home, which is the highest level that you can receive per diem, and then had a staff and everything. I mean, she had everything working in order to, to make money off of these kiddos. That is, that is unbelievable. Yes. See, and, that, and that's what, whenever we talked the first time, that's why I wanted to have you on the show is because I remember that conversation because it, it really hit me deep, like, oh my gosh, people actually are that, that wicked. And, yes. and so that, that blows my mind. Uh, so I don't, <laughs> we can probably talk a whole lot more about this and this is, we're going to totally change the subject because every single guest that is on this show, I always ask a off the wall, random question. And because I can see you right now and it looks like you're in your office, it looks like there's a refrigerator in there. I got to ask this question, Amanda, right now, what is in your refrigerator? Uh, in here in the office or at home? <laughs> hey, whichever one you're, whichever one. Whichever one you're least embarrassed about, go for it. Oh my gosh! Well, you'd be really um, you'd you'd be hard pressed not to find some kind of expired condiment in there. I'm sure of some sort, whether it was four year old, you know, salsa or something. So I would love to say that I'm great about cleaning out my fridge, but that would be a complete lie. So um, so you might find that um, there's also aloe vera in there because you know sun sunburns and summertime and things like that. So um, that's in there. Um, let me think what else that's probably about the best that you're going to find in my fridge, except that, um, in my own personal home, we have two fridges actually side by side, uh, because we have so many people. It was amazing when we were house shopping, uh, we found this house and, and they were kosher Jews. And so they had to have everything separated. So there were two refrigerators and two sinks in the house, uh, in the kitchen. So wow. it was great for our huge family. It was just fabulous. Yeah, what a perfect, yeah, that's a, that's a perfect perk right there. Right. So, oh my goodness. Well, let, let me ask you this, Amanda. So, uh, Tricia, this is always her question. Um, but what generation, if you're comfortable sharing, do you belong to? Um, I don't even know. I'm 45. I don't care if people know my age, but what generation <laughs> I, is that? Gosh, is that, that, oh man, I think, I believe that. It's older than you. I know that. <laughs> just, just by a little bit. You're not that 45. Come on. You still got a lot of life to live, girl. Okay. 
So I would say that that is probably Gen X. I think you're there with Trisha. But let me ask you this because you are, you and me get along very well. What generation do you identify with most? I don't know. You know, I like all of them, honestly. Um, I really do because they all have, they all have different values, you know, and things that make them unique and make them important. And so um, I like them all. I like the older ones. Um, You know, I like, I like the younger folks. It really doesn't matter because everybody has their strength and everybody is unique. and, And I think they're all, all needed and valuable. You know, what's really crazy is that with your profession, you really have, I mean, from the top of the scale, probably, probably baby boomers that are either work in the office or that you connect with all the way down to newborns. So, I mean, you're, you're span across so many generations. So I love that. Yes. Now, now let me ask this because I, I this is really important. Um, so I want to, I want you to give your contact information uh, just so if we have listeners who want to either donate their time or if they want to donate to the charity. So can you please uh, tell me, um, really, you got to spell it out. Give me your name, a good contact number for you, and also your email address. And again, since this is audio, um, spell everything out if you can. Sure. So um, it's Amanda Boyd. And my email address is a Boyd, B-O-Y-D, at Sanctuary, S-A-N-C-T-U-A-R-Y, fostercare.org. So I know it's the longest email in the history of emails, but, um, but that's my email. And uh, my cell phone is 409-539-0170. And we'd love for you to go visit our website because you can get lots of information there about us. And it's uh, www.sanctuaryfostercare.org. And uh, look for us on Facebook as well, too. We have a Facebook page. And, uh, and Colton, I wanted to talk to you about our 5k coming up March 6th. So, um, I'd, I'd love to, you know, talk about that. Uh, Cause that's now on our website and registration actually open today. So, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Nice. We'll make sure what we'll do is you give me that information and I'll make sure that Trisha posts that on our Facebook page when we release your video. How does that sound? Oh, great. Perfect. Love it. So, so send me that email. I love that. But Amanda, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate having you. Again, you have such a heart for children and you can easily tell that. So any listeners who are looking to foster or you just want questions answered, man, Amanda is the woman to go to. So season three, first episode, we're wrapping it up. This is Colton Cockrell uh, with Sharon McKinley Group. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bridge the Gap where we're connecting business perspectives. We'll see you next Wednesday. Thank you again for tuning into this week's episode of Bridge the Gap, Connecting Business Perspectives. If there's a certain professional or profession that you want to hear from, leave a comment in this week's Facebook post. Please subscribe and share this podcast. Thanks again to our sponsor, Jim Butcher, a relationship banker with Allegiance Bank. Colton Cockrell with Sharon McKinley Group LLC is located at 820 South Friendswood Drive, Suite 207, Friendswood, Texas 77546, phone number 281-992-5698. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, Inc. Member FINRA, Sharon McKinley Group is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc.